Now, The Interpreter Show, with discussion, debate, and the latest information on all kinds of religious issues and topics. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the second hour of the Interpreter Foundation Radio. We want to welcome all of you on behalf of myself, Terry Hutchinson, and my co-hosts, John Gee, Kevin Christensen, and joined by our new co-host, Mark Johnson. Um, Our program this evening is brought to you once again, as we mentioned, by the Interpreter Foundation. Uh, Just visit the website, interpreterfoundation.org. And you will see all kinds of options that will benefit you and your family, especially with your personal scripture study, personal historical study, just all kinds of things. There are podcasts, there are uh, radio programs such as this, there's uh, video of conference talks that they've offered on ancient temples and other things like science and religion and uh, you name it. There are the Witnesses Project, the Book of Mormon Witnesses Project, where they have a lot of information about all of the Book of Mormon witnesses, not just the three, not even just the eight, but all of them. And uh, everything about the Interpreter Foundation is done by volunteers. The whole purpose of the foundation is to support the mission, teachings, and practices of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints through scholarship. And we do our best to provide accurate information about the church to the public. We um, make nearly everything that we do with the you know, if you want to buy the books, you can, but the articles, the conferences, the videos, the podcasts, everything is free. And any donation that you make to the foundation is tax deductible. We're a 501c3 corporation. And if you want to know where your money's been going, and those of you who've donated, there's a section on the website that gives you our financial reports. And you'll see that nearly everybody is a volunteer. There's a couple of technical exceptions to that, but, uh, it's really something, it's a project that uh, I've now been involved with for the last five years, and uh, it's been very rewarding, and I really appreciate being here with my co-host tonight. Uh, before we get back into the next hour of our program, we just want to thank our sponsor, the Kimber Academy, which is a K-12 through private school, and uh, it's a private school that keeps God in the classroom. It's a special place where teachers guide students toward faith and morality with quality, engaging curriculum. And at the Kimber Academy, every parent's voice is heard. Now, in Utah, the Kimber Academy is located in Linden, Utah, but there are many other locations throughout the United States. And if you want to find more about it or schedule uh, a tour, call the director, Jessica. Her number is 801-382-7158, or you can go to kinderschool.com. So, once again, online, kinderschool.com. Or the number 801-382-7158. So we just finished the first hour, which is a Come Follow Me of the Book of Mormon, where we were talking about Second Nephi chapters 1 and 2. And uh, the week before, we had some of Nephi's first experiences, if you will, giving us for some Isaiah. So one of the segments that we're going to do in this hour is we're going to talk about the use of Isaiah in the Book of Mormon, uh, some of the things to, to try and look at and understand, a couple of things that uh, have come up recently that, that provide some interesting ideas and ways to look at it, but also uh, have some 
what I'd say, I wouldn't say a landmine, but I'd just say some things that you might be concerned to watch out for. We want to talk a little bit about the uh, process. Every week, the Interpreter Foundation uh, pr presents at least one article online. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, Alan Wyatt, who's the, one of the director of the journal, uh, he provided an article about how people submit and the process and some of the scrutiny and the reviews that go on there. And so we thought we'd talk a little about that today since all of my co-hosts, with me being the exception, uh, have published with the interpreter. Um, I let my voice do my talking, so I guess we're okay there. But um, And then also, we wanted to start this hour by taking a few minutes to talk about the presidency of Russell M. Nelson as the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Today marks six years, it was six years to the day, that President Nelson became the president of the church. And so I've asked each of my co-hosts, John Gee, Mark Johnson, Kevin Christensen, to uh, think of a couple of things that have happened during his time and, and what's been memorable about those for them. So we'll, uh, we'll start, actually, John, we'll start with you, and then we'll, uh, we'll give John the easy ones. They oh. get harder. <laughs> um, well, I want to leave some for my co-hosts. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, I think there are probably too many people who vie for the title of world's worst home teacher. Um, so I can't claim that title for myself, but um, yeah, I don't have to do that anymore. Um, uh, we get to do ministering, which I think some of us are still trying to figure out. Um, I remember once um, meeting a member of the First Presidency and wanting to know, I knew it wasn't really possible, but trying to get to see the vision that they've got because maybe that could help me figure out what I'm supposed to do in it. But um, that's one of those. That didn't and, work out. Well, no, it, it's, uh, yeah, I would like to, to have the, the vision, they clearly, President Nelson and the Brethren have a very clear vision for what ministering is supposed to be, but I don't. So uh, I'm still working on it. But that's that's a you know that's a change, and um, and I sort of you know when he was when he became the prophet. I don't think anybody expected him to still be the prophet in six years, and here we are. Well, 99. I mean, that's nothing compared to Kevin's mom, but... but yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's... Um, he's been very impressive with how vigorous he's been able to be. Um I thought it was appropriate. Uh, you might remember back in October of 2019, which is what, almost five years ago, he said the next general conference will be one like ne we've never seen before. And it was in ways that he hadn't seen before. Yeah. And not only do we get a release of a, the proclamation on the restoration, but we have somebody who'd been a physician leading the church through a pandemic. Yeah. So, um, 
you can see the Lord preparing some things, and I'm sure that's not the only or even the principal reason why uh, President Nelson is our prophet. But it, uh, you know, for me, it was hard to see how anybody could say, well, he just doesn't know anything about medicine. <laughs> so anyway, I'll, I hope I left some some uh, decent ones for my co-host. Go ahead, Mark. Mark. The um, and I, this is the one I feel like is the obvious is the the Come Follow Me program, um, and it's it's absolutely um, been a such a huge blessing and a game changer for um you know so many of us we have in our, our home we have serious scripture study and by serious i mean with a six-year-old and an eight-year-old and my i was wife, gonna say my wife where, and I talk, where are they with that right we, my wife and i talk over them about about gospel concepts that we've read while while they're, you know, um, well, you said last hour they're asking the good questions. Yeah, they were asking. They asked some good questions, and other times they, you know, one of them's a, a pony, and the other one's the cowboy, and they they you know run around the living room. But that's <laughs> that's neither here nor yeah. there. But um, because of the Come Follow Me program, um, we you know it's 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 just normal now in our home to to have these gospel gospel questions. I remember. Um, when I was growing up, um, one of my uncles um, was, he became famous for, this is a big rambling story, let me cut to the chase here. He made up a fictional character to introduce gospel discussions over the, at the dinner table just to kind of ease people in his, in his family to, to start talking about gospel things. He said, oh, I ran into my, my old friend Levi Edgar Delk down at Lamb's Cafe downtown and you know we started talking about this and then his you know wife and the say, real question from his wife is what are you doing at Lamb's Cafe what are you doing at Lamb's Cafe he yeah. worked downtown I guess but <laughs> he would use that as just this this vehicle to, to have gospel conversations at the dinner table with his kids and after a while they caught on but they they still were able to have these gospel conversations um I feel like with the the, the this amazing Come Follow Me program we we don't need to you know, come at it with, uh, you know, any kind of uh, fraud, <laughs> for lack yeah. of a better word. Yeah. We can just we can just have comfortable uh, conversations, and we can all be all be students of the gospel, and we can also, you know, listen. And I, I just I've been loving the explosion of books and podcasts that have been out, and yeah, that's the thing that's really struck me in in terms of that. All of a sudden. I mean, I'm a Sunday school guy. Mm -hmm. I really miss Sunday school every Sunday, mm -hmm. uh, especially in light of the alternative ad every other week. But that's a topic <laughs> for another time. But I, I just, I, I wasn't sure how that was going to go over. And yet with the podcast explosion, if you will, mm -hmm. and the interest in the explosion, you see the numbers that some of these people are generating it's just fascinating. I mean, you know, if you if you look at Jared Halverson's Unshaken, he does a verse by verse through the New Testament. That's two hundred and seven hours in a year, and people, well over a hundred thousand, are paying attention to that. Whether they got through all two hundred and seven hours, I don't know. <laughs> 
you know, it's just amazing to see what those what what's happening with that. It really is, and and perhaps it's just um, you know our sign of the times, or just our generation, the you know current generation that's coming up, who's you know more familiar with you know consuming uh, the gospel this way. You know, instead of having to go out and you know find books, get a get a paper book and get read a paper it. book, right? Highlight the footnotes, which is what I do. But I, I still love doing that. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Okay. Well, that's why we're here, volunteering. Here, here. Um, if we could just get paid in books, I would be here every day. Even if there wasn't a show, I'd still clock in. Uh, there's <laughs> there's the a reason books. I've had a daily radio program in St. <laughs> George for thirty years, and you just hit on it. Exactly. But I just I'm I'm so. Um, appreciative of the the inspiration that's behind the the come follow me program mm-hmm. um and then such a it's such a a blessing in our in our in our lives and in the church and i think that you know hopefully we're becoming a, a more scripturally literate people than than we maybe ever have been yeah I, I've, I've taught the youth recently and you can tell which families are doing the come follow me and which ones aren't mm-hmm. and i would just tell you mark that the efforts that you and your wife are making with your kids at the age they are now, 10 years from now, they will pay off huge dividends for your kids and for you. So, you know, keep keep plugging away. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. Hopefully in 10 years, um, my Hebrew will be a lot better. Right now, I'm just at the place where I'm trying to figure out how to roll my R's as part of my Hebrew practice, and that's not even a thing. So <laughs> now I'm, I'm just pointing to our co-host over here. He'll He'll help you with that. Yeah, so I I can't really I can't wait to see um, you know what kind of what kind of fruit mm-hmm. uh, the come pays come sure. follow me pays off, and not just for my family, but for the for the church. Yeah, Kevin, how's uh, how's him. President Nelson's reach been out there in the hinterlands? Yeah, well, the I think of the idea of people being raised up with particular talents for particular times. And there's the him being a heart surgeon and having actually performed heart surgery on earlier prophets and the account of him having received a revelation about how to repair a heart valve something that no one had ever done before and it just comes to him in a vision and with all of that and then in the conference before covid with all of the changes that we had before things were coming up and we were wondering what this these changes are going to mean and then when when the pandemic hit full force that we were so well prepared by his inspired leadership. It's something that's been, for me, um, it's, it's so obvious to see the inspiration, that, that here, this is a, a good, sincere, kind man who's, who's loving and intelligent and who's listening both to the saints and other people. And to see especially the, the conferences where the cultural diversity on display, that to see that we've become... A worldwide church, you know. Says I grew up in Utah in the fifties, a baby boomer, when uh, where there were thirteen temples, and we knew where all of them were, and uh, we were familiar with all of them. And and to see a worldwide church become a worldwide church in our lifetime in a much more striking and profound way, and to have that uh, represented by the speakers and in the conferences has been to me something that's uh, a little bit awe-inspiring. Yeah. You know, that the thing about about his presidency that's really struck me is there's there's two or three things. I mean, there's a lot, and, and you guys have hit the big ones. The number of temples, the accessibility of temples. I mean, I was noticing that Lima, Peru is the third city 
and the first outside the United States to have two dedicated temples in the same city. Elder Christofferson dedicated the second temple in Lima, Peru today. The other two are Provo and uh, South Jordan, I think. But there's going to be more. I mean, St. George, I've got a tour of the St. George, uh, the new Red Cliffs Temple on January 30th, uh, March 24th or something. President Eyring's going to dedicate that. Those temples are less than four and a half miles apart. Okay? But when you really consider it, more than 85% of the members of the church are now close to a temple within 100 miles. I mean, that's huge. Because as Kevin was just saying, 13, you know, 13 temples, we knew where all of them were. But the other thing that President Nelson's done for, that, that, I, that I think is stress, he's talked so much about your personal accountability in terms of maintaining the spirit, in terms of maintaining your testimony. The, the, the other, the other uh, I think, factor of Come Follow Me is our personal accountability to be responsible for our own learning, for our own scripture reading, for our own testimonies, for our own uh, you know, presence of the Holy Ghost and the gathering of Israel. And those teachings, when you read the talks, I mean, you listen to the talks, and they're kindly and they're loving. But when you read the talks, they're fire when it comes to what kind of things we should be taking care of in our own personal lives. And that's been something that um, I'm, I'm not saying other prophets haven't done it, but it's been particularly striking from President Nelson. So we, uh, we're going to take a few minutes now. Oh, we didn't even get two minutes. We didn't even get to two-hour church. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, John left it on the table and no one took it. <laughs> Or changes in the temple recommend questions, or... <laughs> the, the endowment itself. Uh, uh, or many other things mm-hmm. that uh, changes. And, you know, when President Nelson was first introduced, um, he said, that we don't expect very many big changes. And... Nobody expected very many big changes, and then we had the first conference. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he was 93. I mean, and I don't know that anybody expected him to be a caretaker president like maybe some, some people thought President Kimball might be, but holy cow. Yeah, well, um, also, uh, no high priest groups yeah. anymore. Well, and, and I, I, that, that leads me to one thing I was thinking about with this topic before we move on to the next one, and that is, look, these changes happened under President Nelson, but I think a lot of them have been talked about for years. Okay, the the high yeah, priest elders group thing, I know has been a topic of conversation because I saw minutes from when President Benson was the president of the twelve between two apostles. One was in favor of combining the quorums, and the other was in favor was was not, and they were having a discussion about it. And both of them were quoting previous discussions of the Twelve, one of which reached back to the time of John, President John Taylor. So they have been talking about these things for a long, long time. Yeah. Well, that's true. And, but, um, Now's you the know, what, some, of them, some of them are spur of the moment. 
for example, um, before the before the conference session started on uh, when they announced Temple in India, they knew there was going to be in one one in India, but no one knew where it was going to be. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the thing about one of the things about President Nelson as a heart surgeon, he has to make split-second life-or-death decisions and had been doing that for years. And uh, so he can make decisions. And um, for some of us who tend to be more indecisive, that's uh, <laughs> it's nice to have somebody who can do that yeah so 